The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications online at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. The official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, everyone. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Alamano, recording down here in the sunny, tropical winter wonderland known as Orlando, Florida. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Malibu Boats and Lead Wake. Check out MalibuBoats.com for a look at their entire lineup of boats for 2017. Some new models have been introduced, and if you're a water sports enthusiast like me, whether it's riding, surfing, or skiing, the Boo Crew have something for you. MalibuBoats.com is where you can see it all. Hey guys, I don't know what your ballast regiment consists of, but I know you're all using something. Well, add some lead wake ballast bags to whatever it is at the lake this year, and you won't regret it. Lead wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind and are made perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom designed lead wake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake. Multiple weights are available, but I recommend picking up the 50 pounders. Get free shipping on all orders inside the U.S. So after you finish listening to today's episode, go online and check out leadwake.com. Okay, so before I get into everything I wanted to talk about for this week, I just wanted to mention Ben LeClaire and his recent injury. I'm sure by now most of my listeners have heard about Ben and his recent spinal cord injury sustained just a day after Thanksgiving. If not, Ben is a French-Canadian rider who's made a name for himself over the last few years with his insanely creative park and street-style approach to the sport of wakeboarding. As we've learned before in the process of progression, Injuries occur, and sometimes worse than others. Well, right now it's still too early to make any real estimate on Ben's level and time frame of recovery, but what we can do is support him, both mentally and monetarily. When you're out riding or thinking about Ben, use the hashtag BenSquad, B-E-N-S-Q-U-A-D, so we can follow all of your posts, and uh, you can also go to RoadToRecovery.com. That's the number two, so Road the number two recovery.com to donate and follow updates provided by Ben's family. Over the weekend, I announced an event in Orlando, Florida, the Slider Spectacular at the Orlando Water Sports Complex, and one of Ben's good friends and fellow countryman, Ollie Jerome, stopped by the contest to give us all an update. Have a listen to what Ollie had to say. So it's been uh, eight days since the injury. And already he's uh, stable enough to be transferred back to Montreal, Canada today. Um, so the injury happened Friday last week, and this is Saturday. He, in the last three days, he's been doing some very good progress from sitting up in a chair upright for over two hours to breathing on his own without the ventilator for about three hours 
to being able to shrug his shoulders and have some arm movement. Uh, it's been a rough week for everyone, but it's good to have his family out here and like just the crew out in Claremont. The support's been amazing, and everyone's been posting and sharing and spreading the love and spreading the word to uh, sensibilize people to donate and just send positive vibes, and that's all we're asking for. You know, if, if you can help just emotionally, that's, that's great, and even if you want to donate some money, that's even also very very amazing so anything anyone can do is is great greatly appreciated uh, his spirits how is he doing he's doing good you know the first few days must have been very confusing for him with all the crazy drugs that he's probably been on to numb the pain and and cope with all that plus the concussion and the seriousness of his injury he's been talking without necessarily projecting much sound yet but like you can read off his lips and he's fully there and he's asking questions and you know, he's like, hey, show me some videos because he's not able to watch, like, the day-to-day videos from skateboarding, snowboarding, and weightboarding. So it's just good to see that he's there and he just wants to do regular things and that we're here to, to be able to help him accomplish those for now. You know, the crew is, is moral support, but it's also, like, an extension of, him, of himself and his spirit. So it's good to, to all be there for him. But if anybody wants to, like, donate some money, uh, what, what do they have to do? Uh, they have to go on the website Road to Recovery. Um, you can leave a message. Um, hashtag Ben Squad, and he'll be able to look it up soon enough, and and I'm sure he'll be uh, very happy to to see and get support from you know even people and folks that he has never met, but are there to you know support and send him some positive vibes. Thank you to Ollie Jerome for that update, and if you can make it to Lazy Moon Pizza in Orlando, that's 1011 East Colonial Drive. This Thursday, December 8th, from 6 to 9 p.m., there'll be food and drinks with a portion of that money going to Ben, as well as a silent auction. Trust me, all the riders, all the names in Wake and Toad Water Sports community, they're all going to be there. And if you can't attend, then go to roadtorecovery.com to make a donation. We all wish Ben LeClaire a speedy and healthy recovery. Today I've got a pretty solid show in store for y'all. This past September I announced or emceed for the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame induction ceremony. It was my second year doing that. It was the second year of the ceremony. Following the program, I had a chance to speak and record with all of the inductees as well as a few other industry heads and pioneers. Some good stuff coming your way. I talked with Darren Shapiro, Sean Murray, President of the WWA, Shannon Starling, founder of the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, Tommy Phillips, Jimmy Redman, and uh, many more, 11 people in total. So I hope you guys all enjoy it. First, how about a quick recap on life since the last episode? Well, I announced the Illinois State Yo-Yo Contest in downtown Chicago over at Navy Pier. It was like my fourth or fifth year announcing. It was cool to see. Like, all the similarities between the sports or hobbies, which are so different. You know, wakeboarders and yo-yoers, or yo-yo players as we like to be referred to, have one major thing in common, and that's the continuous pursuit of new tricks. It was a fun time and cool for me to be outside the water sports box, but to be a part of another small family who are so passionate about what they do. Then we had Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a good one. I know I gained a bunch of weight, but uh, I'm all good because I'm going to make a New Year's resolution to start eating better and getting fit and to spend more mano time on the water next year. That means more time shoe skiing and trick skiing and riding cable on a wakeboard and maybe some small wake wakeboarding. 
I don't know. Maybe it's a little too early for resolutions. We'll just wait for January. So I was in Illinois with the family, but now I am back in Orlando, Florida. And last weekend, as I mentioned earlier, I announced the Slider Spectacular at Orlando Water Sports Complex. Awesome event, guys. More than 50 competitors, and the weather was awesome. This was the 14th year of the Slider Spectacular. It was only my second year announcing it, but I was actually at the first ever Slider Spectacular many, 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 many moons ago, and uh, the event has come a long way. Uh, Gunther Oka was there. He won the Pro Division and continued his ongoing contest tear that, uh, that has been so successful for him. It wasn't easy, though. Gunther definitely had some heavy competition there, especially the local OWC riders, man. Those guys are so good. So many next-level grommets to watch out for, and also it was great to see some new faces. I'm excited to see how far Cable has come, and I'm excited to see how far Cable will continue to go and continue to grow over the next couple of years. And for myself, I hope that I get to be a part of it a little bit more. I'd love to go to more cable contests and, um, of course, more of those kinds of events. Before we move on, I want to remind you guys that the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly and is always available now again on iTunes and online at noiseofthenorth.com. Please, if you haven't done so yet, Head over to iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone. Everybody has that podcast app on their iPhone. Search the Golden Mike podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Then click the middle button and rate and review the show. Please give me five stars. Say something nice. Trust me when I say that it helps keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener. And for that, I'd also like to thank all the sponsors of the show. My friends over there at SeaDeck Marine Products for all of their ongoing support. Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, and LeadWake.com. If you guys aren't already doing so, be sure to follow me, tag me, and tweet me on social media. Instagram at DanOTMano, on Twitter at the. Dano T. Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can always reach me through email. I'm always available. Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com. Okay, and on to today's audio montage. And it's presented to you by MalibuBoats.com. And it's from the Malibu Boats WWA Soul Pro which was stop two of the Malibu Evolution Pro Series for 2016. Now, I know we had the event cast episode from the event two, which uh, came out a couple of months ago, but this is just a little cherry on top for you guys all to enjoy. So do just that, and then I'll be back with the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. <laughs> I am standing here with the president of the World Wakeboard Association, Shannon Starling. Shannon, all the way here in Seoul, Korea. I want to hear your thoughts on the event overall. Well, I think it's great, Dan, when we come to a new place and we see people, see people get excited about the sport, and then all these guys go out there and just stomp it. The men and women, they run unreal today. Uh, it's just another great event in the Evolution Pro Series. Malibu team rider Chad Sharp, what do you think of the Soul Pro? Soul Pro was amazing. We uh, ended up with great conditions this afternoon. The new course was great. Um, the riding speaks for itself. Like, those boys, I'm 
I'd be afraid to be in heat with them. The, it's the, these boys are taking the next level. The riding is excelling in wakeboarding right now, and it's just fun to be a part of it and be able to catch it. Corey Wilson, executive director of the WWE, and one of the athletes we saw ripping it in the pro women's division this weekend. It was awesome. You know, I had a really good ride, uh, better than I've had in a while on Friday, and uh, didn't do as well as I'd hoped for on Saturday, but I had a tough heat. Uh, I knew Hee Yoon was going to be one to watch, and she was in my heat and then came out to win second this weekend. So um, I'm excited for her and excited to see how the results came out. Korean rider Jean Wook Kim, what did you think of the Soul Pro? Whole good rider, college Korea, and first big competition in Korea. So sick. All right, Corey Tunison, what did you think of the Soul Pro? Dude, Soul Pro was awesome. I mean, um, I've been to Korea a couple times before, but we actually didn't stay in the city. So. Uh, Seoul's awesome, one of the cooler Asian cities I've been to, and the event was great. Massey Pipperetti. I just felt good all around, and uh, stoked to come out with a podium uh, for this year, and uh, I think I might be in the top three for the Malibu Series, so uh, always going to go down in Punta Cana. Austin here, your thoughts on the Seoul Pro? Man, that's definitely one of the most insane finals we've ever seen. Got two guys throwing double flips, everyone's uh, stumbling their double up. Yeah, it's impressive. Melissa Marquette, what did you think about the weekend? Uh, it was super fun. Uh, we had a good time, and just really blessed to be here in Korea with all these really nice, wonderful people. Nicola Butler. Yeah, last year I ended up third on the Evolution Series, and I uh, wanted to just take the overall this year, so... Going two for two, it feels pretty good. Raft Rome, what did you think about the Soul Pro? M235 Wake was unreal this weekend. It was super rough out there, but it turned out to be the, the most hectic final everyone threw down. No one fell pretty much except for Dean, but it, apart from that, all the seven riders threw down, so it was a really good final. Guys, I am here with Malibu Pro Team rider from Japan, Toshiki Yasui. Just a good place and the uh, water and a good M235. Yes. So huge, wait, that's so fun. Rodrigo Donoso, the head photographer out here in Korea. Oh, I mean, geez, I keep repeating myself, but it's just been an amazing spot to be at. And uh, it's a little warm out here, but that's uh, it's not a bad thing when you're jumping around in the water and, you know, you have a w good way to refresh yourself. Brian Grubb, you were judging all weekend long here in Seoul. What did you think of the event? Man, actually, the event turned out awesome. Like, we had such challenging conditions yesterday, but today at the finals, the conditions were perfect. Um, we had an eight-man final, and everybody rode really, really well. So it was fun to watch. Definitely tough being a judge. Uh, you know, it was tough decisions. It was really close at the top. But the, actually, like, the top four or five guys were all really close. So I think we got the results right. I think everyone's happy. And, uh, yeah, it was a great event here in Seoul. J.D. Webb, you left the dock firing in all cylinders in the Pro-Man finals. You went heel 900, toe 900. What did you think overall about the event this weekend? Condition-wise, it wasn't ideal. But everyone went out there and threw down. Everyone killed it. And uh, to see the younger generation of wakeboarding really just take off and, you know, take it to that next level and push it. You know, I'm, I'm the old guy in the industry now. And uh, to really see the direction that it's going, it's, it's really cool. So stoked to be in the finals with all these boys and uh, just keep pushing it and try to, you know, do the same next weekend. Mike Dowdy, you took second place here in Seoul, Korea. How do you feel about the event? Yeah, it was good. Um, conditions were a bit rough, but uh, it's cool being in the city. We don't get to, uh, to ride in cities very often, so it was cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm just stoked to be here and uh, stoked for the rest of the season. Nick Rappa, one of the guys we saw in that Pro Men Finals. Give me your thoughts on Seoul and the event. Yeah, no, Seoul's unreal. It's probably uh, the hottest place I've ever been to. I've never sweated so crazy in my life. But uh, 
Yeah, no, the event's been great. I, uh, I didn't do the run I wanted to do in finals, kind of bobbled on a few things, but not too bad. You know, Tony won the event, so stoked for Tony and the other boys, and it was a tough final. Tony Iacone taking the win here in Seoul, Korea. How does it feel, man? Yeah, it's sick. We're out here at Seoul, Korea. I just took my... Um first win of the uh, Malibu Pro Series, so I'm pretty pumped. Guys, I am standing here with the CEO of Malibu Boats, Jack Springer. Jack, all the way out here in Korea. We saw an awesome event behind the M235. I just want to hear your thoughts. I tell you, it was really a great event. South Korea has been absolutely marvelous for this. Um, the waters were a little bit rough today, but I think the M235 was a great equalizer of that, and the riding, to me, was just insane. SeaDeck Non-Skid Closed Cell EVA products offer safe and comfortable alternatives to molded-in non-skid paint-on textures and other marine traction products. Employee-owned and made in the USA, SeaDeck is UV-protected, non-absorbent foam, and features an innovative textured micro-dot surface for enhanced non-slip characteristics. SeaDeck offers hundreds of standard patterns for anything from kayaks and paddle boards to fishing boats, wake boats, and just about anything you can think of. Looking for something a bit more custom? SeaDeck can facilitate just about any idea you can think of. Check out SeaDeck.com for more info on everything SeaDeck. Again, that's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Presented by SeaDeck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. Okay, guys, I am back, and I'm pumped for you all to hear the interviews coming up. We're going to start with the man from the brand that hosted the ceremony inside their booth at Surf Expo. Here I am with the founder of Alliance Wake Mag, Mr. Bill McCaffrey. Bill, what's happening? How are you, Dano? Having a great day here at Surf Expo. It was great to have the Hall of Fame presentation here today. Um, First of all, let's talk about Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. This is the second year in a row that we've done Wakeboarding Hall of Fame and the second year in a row that you guys have hosted the ceremony. Uh, how did, uh, why and how did, did that all come together? You know, the people behind the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame are leaders in the industry. I mean, people that have been, you know, Jim Emmons, Tommy Phillips, yourself. You know, there's people that, you know, truly understand the value of a Hall of Fame. Um, and that's, you know, I've been uh, known all these people and worked with these people for years. Again... What we do here is we create a centering point. We're a media company, so we tell everyone's story. We push out everyone's message, and we have a great lounge that has a lot of space, and this is a perfect opportunity for us to work with the Hall of Fame, and it's a perfect location for them to come and recognize the people that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. All right, let's talk about some events that you guys have your fingers in right now. I was really excited a couple of days ago, uh, just before Surf Expo, some videos surfaced in under five contests. And this is a contest that a lot of people have been talking about. A lot of riders have wanted to be involved in for a long time now that Alliance has been putting on. Um, Just to give people who are listening kind of the premise of what the event is, you can't do any tricks inverted. You can't do any tricks uh, more than a 540 spin. The contest evolved. Talk a little bit about that. So so we've been doing, this is actually the fifth year of a contest called Less Than Five. It's a great concept we launched a number of years ago to push the, push the riders to just think about the basics. And, and the reality is, is the enthusiasts, a lot of times they don't know what, oh, someone did, you know, 
a 900 or a 1080 or it it happens so fast they don't even know what happened so the impetus was to focus on style and focus on the basics that evolved over the course of years and this year um, we invited 12 guys 12 of the guys that I think represent you know what stylish wakeboarding is and we changed the format to be even more basic where they had 20 they have 20 minutes to go and put together the best six trick line that they can and it was insane I mean the guys really did an amazing job they I mean I saw such stylish riding and when they, you see the videos come out on our site and through Mastercraft you're gonna it's amazing and the videos well actually the videos are out right now on our site and then the awards will happen uh, tomorrow night at Premieres and Beers so by the time people listen to this, yeah. it's going to be over. So I can ask you this because it's between you and me at this moment right now. Who who are some of your favorite riders to watch at this year's uh, Less Than Five contest? Uh, there was a number number of good good riders that represented sort of style within the sport. Aaron Rathy, a guy is you know he can do anything, and when he slows it down and makes it look right, it's freaking insane. You know the West West Coast kids. You got Twelker. Um, Cook and Maurer, like those guys, all literally they ride differently, and I think there was uh, there was there was some you know people took note of that. Uh, JD Webb, who's you know born and raised or you know here in Orlando, and uh, uh, he totally represented. Then you've got like a young kid like Gunther Oka or New Wyatt that um, that both those kids were invited because we want to keep the young blood attached to to the style thing. And they both did a fantastic job. So, yeah, come the the, the videos are up, but uh, yeah, come and uh, maybe come and see the awards tomorrow night. All right, and probably the most exciting event that you guys put together, and for the second year in the row, was the X Games Real Wake, powered by Mastercraft. Real Wake is absolutely insane, and it was so cool to see coming into 2016 that you picked all new riders for it talk a little bit about that event and talk about what it means to the sport well honestly um you know obviously wakeboarding you know isn't in the x games formally so about two years ago i went to espn and said hey why don't we you have this other real property let's do this let's do real wake and they were they were into it particularly with us producing it and um you know, it's been a great partnership with ESPN and ABC World of X. And what it, I mean, what it does is it shows the sport in its highest possible venue. I mean, it's guys free riding and then editing it down to a 90-second piece. And, you know, the athletes are amazing. And the things these guys did this year and the previous year are insane. So to be able to package that up into an hour-long TV show that then gets put on ABC World of X at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon on ABC, like, it's the best single hour of wakeboarding content of the year, hands hands down. I mean, it's six incredible riders and an hour-long show showing not just a contest, a down-and-back pass, but what these guys do every day and how gnarly it is. I mean, half the guys got hurt there were broken bones blown out knees i mean the guys are going for it so i thought it, i think it represents the sport really really well um billy let's just get back to the wakeboarding hall of fame real fast here you know you're you're a pioneer i re- remember my first uh, time seeing you was all the way back in the video spray you've been around man and uh, you've seen it all who are you most excited to see up on stage for wakeboarding hall of fame this year 
You know, honestly, like this is going to sound a little odd because I, I was an athlete. I'm an athlete. I love the athletic side of it. And, you know, it's great to see Dean and Darren and those guys up there. But honestly, the guy that in a true Hall of Fame sense that I think was the most deserving was Shannon Starling. I mean, the guy literally created the WWA 25 years ago, and he's never let it go. And he has, I mean, I'm involved, my kids are involved in surfing. I know how the surfing associations work. Our association is as strong as any association. And Shannon has, I mean, Shannon has has done a phenomenal job. So personally to me, being so deep in the industry, I I thought it was really cool to see Shannon up there. And, you know, no discredit to the athletes because the athletes are insane. But, um, no, I, I, I was stoked to see Shannon get the recognition this year. Billy, thanks for your time, man. If anybody, if anybody wants to find out more about you or the brands you represent, uh, what do they have to do? Where can they go and find more information? Lionswake.com. Go find us. Boom, there it is. Billy McCaffrey, thank you, sir. Thanks, Dana. Jimmy Redman, one of the first guys to be inducted in the Hall of Fame all the way back in uh, 2000. All the way back, yeah. Back in 2015. What's happening, sir? How you doing? Oh, man, just stoked to be here. Another year at Expo and another great year for the Wakeboard Hall of Fame. So we just got finished. We inducted the uh, the eight uh, riders and Hall of Famers into the 2016 class. Uh, what are your thoughts? It was so unreal to come here today. It was like a homecoming. First people I walk in the door, like seeing Lance Brug, And then Dana Preble, and then I get to see Gator, Darren, Murray, it was awesome. And, I mean, it's just keeping keeping the love of the sport alive and letting people know about our history. I'm so stoked to be a part of this. You're one of the guys that kind of helped get Wakeboarding Hall of Fame started. So why exactly did you guys do that? You know, it's important for people to know where we came from. And it's important to let people know about our history. There's, this is a great thing, and we're all proud about it, because how many people get to spend their life doing what they love? How has like how has it changed kind of since you started? And when did you guys start the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? Well, the main the main spearhead behind the Wakeboard Hall of Fame has been Tommy Phillips, far and away. He's had this vision probably before he even stopped being Tommy and running his shop. I mean, he knew that this was something important. And I got to give all the credit to Tommy, really. He got everybody together. He got the right people together. And he's really been the person championing the idea. How, how do you, as a guy who's been a part of it for so long, I mean, you, you've been in the game. Well, you're one of the pioneers. How do you like the direction of the sport and where we're at today? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because uh, I just I took a break from wakeboarding and resurrected my skate career and broke my leg. And I've had uh, six weeks to think because I haven't been in the office and I've been thinking about nothing about nothing more than what I want to do that I hadn't done before and the ideas for boards and new bindings they just keep coming and with the growth of wake surfing I mean the future's really bright because there's so many ideas yet that we haven't put out there and uh, I'm telling you the, the you think you see it now wait five years and what's going to be happening on wake surf boards is going to blow people's minds. Over the years, you've worked with just about every single big name, you know, going back all the way pre-Byerly and, and Gator. Um, what, are, what are, like, some of, going back, like, what were some of your, like, most favorite projects to work on? Oh, well, the trip with Greg Nacrasson. That was, like, well, the first one, far and away, Flight 69, Byerly and Gator. I mean, that was groundbreaking, revolutionary, and I was super fortunate to be working with, like, two 
unreal talents, totally ambidextrous guys. And what they needed was a board that didn't even exist yet. They were beyond the equipment that was presently available. And that pushed me to think up something that I look back at that board now and it's kind of almost embarrassing. You know, it's so skinny. It looks like a Grom's board without any rocker. But it was the beginning of an idea. And uh, it, that kind of stuff just keeps flowing, you know. So being able, being around the right guys, you know, whether it's working with, you know, Byerly and Gator or, you know, even Kobe back in the day and now, you know, Daniel Grants. It's, uh, they're, they're always going to push their, your imagination and push the limits of the equipment and make us make better stuff so that everybody gets to enjoy it. How different is it working, you know, you just mentioned a young man like Daniel Grant, the guy just insane on the wakeboard, on the wake skate side of things. Um, but, you know, compared to, to some of the legends that you worked with, uh, to these, well, I'd have to call Daniel Grant pro- probably a future legend. What, how different is that to work with some of these newer names? It's cool because, um, well, first of all, the thing I look for in the people that we get to work with is one unifying theme, and that's unbridled stoke. If they've got stoke and passion, then we can work together, you know. And then, and what I mean by that is it's got to le- really love what you do, and you're willing to put in the effort. Like, think of how much pain Shane Bonifay has gone through in his life to push wakeboarding forward. And all the ideas that he's tried, some of them didn't work, some of them worked great. And everybody got to benefit from that. And now you have guys like Daniel Grant. He doesn't care what he's riding as long as he's riding something. And that same kind of raw stoke is the same stoke the Gator had the first time I met him. Because the thing I I wanted to tell people today, which was really cool, is one of the things that impressed me about Gator when we signed him is he had to haul ass to Cypress Gardens to make the event. And on the way there, he wrecked his dad's car. So he had to figure a way to get the car on the side of the road, make sure it didn't get ripped off, make sure his dad didn't get pissed, but make it to the event and kick everyone's ass. And we're like, who is this kid? And I was so impressed that he ripped that hard after destroying his dad's car. Let's sign him because it's just raw stoke. Who are you most excited to see this weekend for Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? You know, the guy that I was the most proud of to, uh, to see get an award is Shannon Starling. Because I joked with him, you know, a couple years back, uh, Shannon tried to leave the WWA. And I don't know, grow up, get a real job, something like that. And I told him, dude, wakeboarding's like the mob. There's only one way you're getting out of this. And he tried that, you know, and Chad got him to the hospital and they restarted his heart. He's, and the WWA has flourished since that moment. He's back. He's... It's grown bigger than ever. We got global events, and I mean, and Shannon was rewarded for that. And he's like an unsung hero that deserved the credit he got today. The evolution of the WWA, like, how how does that feel for you? It's it feels great. I mean, because the thing is, we knew from day one that what we had was legit. The problem was we needed to convince the rest of the world that way. So, you know, we show up and the skiers are looking at us and they're pigeonholing us with inner tubes and anything that isn't water skiing. We're just something you do when you're not water skiing. And we knew this was a legit sport and it had true athletic potential. And the only way we're going to legitimize that is to create a real association with a global sport behind it. And the WWA has been the vehicle for that. And we've had one rule through that whole, through that whole evolution and growth is our motto has been choose freedom. And it's like, if the rules don't work, change them. You know, if you don't like what, what's happening, fix it. You know, the only thing constant in life is change. 
And so with the evolution of the WWA and its growth and its embodying all these new facets, that's what it was supposed to do all along. Just get people on the water, standing sideways and being stoked. Jimmy, if anybody wants to find out more about you or what you do, uh, internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any outlets? Lots of them. Um, I'm at WakeGuru on AOL.com. The only reason I've on still on AOL.com is because I'm probably the first person on the planet after Al Gore that had uh, internet, and uh, that's how old I am. But also, I like the name. <laughs> but I'm on Weight Guru. I'm also Jimmy R at LFLiquidForce.com, and uh, yeah, look for me on Instagram, Jimmy Redman. Cool. There it is, guys, giving all of his contact info. Jimmy, dude, you're a legend, and I thank you so much, sir. Hey, thanks, Matt. All right, guys. Well, I'm standing here to the guy who was uh, inducted first into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame for 2016, Lance Brug. What's happening, Lance? Dude, I'm having a great time in O-Town. Hey, man, well, it was really, really good to meet you. I, you know, it's a name. I've been following wakeboarding since I was a little kid, so you're definitely a name that I ever heard before. But uh, to meet you in person and then to, to be able to induct, help be up there, induct you, and, and read all of your credentials, man, how, how good does it feel to be in the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? Dude, it's an honor. It's hard to express. You know, I've been into it since a long time, the early days, you know, but to, to now 25, 26 years later to be given this honor is totally unexpected, and I'm grateful because it's just uh, it's an awesome honor. What else can I say? So you started your career out in Hawaii, and you're still there. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. I started in Honolulu back in 88. I started riding boards, and um, from there got found by Tony Finn in the initial days and uh, got invited to the first contest. But my time started in Honolulu. I was probably the first guy on Oahu. While Eric Perez was over on Kauai, I was on Oahu doing my thing. And... Uh, that's where it all started. So I take it you have a surf background. How did you get into wakeboarding? It's always an interesting story there. Always surfed. If you're not in Hawaii and you're not surfing, you're an idiot. So I wasn't an idiot. I was surfing. But a negative scene in the surf. Watched some people get beat up senselessly. Um, and I got discouraged in the surf. Got behind a boat. And then at that point, it was a passion to be towed. All I want to do is be behind a boat. And uh, I was into, say, water skiing and all kinds of aspects. But got onto a scurfer. And from there, man, just moved forward and innovated, and here I am now being honored for it. So, so uh, like, what's it like for you to be here at Surf Expo and kind of see all the changes in, in like, the industry and the boards and, and the people? <laughs> Blown away. You know, where the sport is now is just, it's crazy. Um, I think riders these days are spoiled, and I think they've got it made with, the you know, how refined boards are and how ridiculous the boats are. Um, you know, wakeboarding is easy for them. Um, still demands a, a good set of cojones. But, man, I'm, I'm blown away at what I see here today. I'm stoked for the young riders because of what they're, they're able to do and, and going to innovate even further. And it's a result of just an industry that's grown up and just surpassed everything I could ever imagine. Who are you most excited uh, to kind of catch up with here this year at the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame here at Surf Expo? Dude, we don't have enough mic time for that because there's so many faces, you know, all old friends from back in the day. Tony Finn, one of the guys who pulled me in early. Pat McElhoney, one of my, my first protégés. Um, Tommy Phillips. I could go down all day long and just fire off names. You know, Scott Byerly, I've seen Darren. These are all just old friends. And uh, Sean mentioned it earlier. It's, you know, it's about the relationships and these friendships that we've created. Dude, I haven't seen these guys for two and a half decades. And you walk in and it's a big hug and a handshake. So it's awesome, bro. Lance, uh, you got any social media, anything you want people to check out online or anything like that? R&R Surf and Ski has a pretty cool Facebook page where we've been, you know, 
uh, diligently putting out the R&R wakeboard history. Um, go check those out. Um, onoseafood.com. That's my wife's seafood business. Go check it out. Best pokey in the entire world. Get your fresh fish from Ono Seafood. All right, man. Well, if I make it to Hawaii, which I hope I do sooner than later, man, I'll come check you guys out. Thanks a ton, Lance. You bet, my brother. Have a great day, and God bless everybody. I know you. You gave me water ski lessons in, like, 1994. What's up, Dana Preble? Hi. Well, I've come a long way since then. What was it like to be inducted into the Hall of Fame? How big of a surprise was that for you when you got the phone call? I actually was very surprised. I initially was involved with the Wakeboard Hall of Fame, and then it sort of faded away, and it came out of nowhere, like blast from the past, and I was super excited, and it's amazing to be here. Is this your first time kind of being back, um, submerged in the Wake community again? I was back for the Surf Expo about six years ago, very briefly, just for one day. But besides that, yes, and just seeing everybody is amazing. So who are some of the guys or girls or just the people in general that you were like most excited to see here at Expo this year? Oh, all of the guys that were inducted. Just thinking about the past, riding with them, training with them, traveling with them, sometimes living with them. Um, and some of the girls that were here, too. Emily Copeland, I saw, and Kristen, Gator's sister. And, and any other girl that's here, I love to see and catch up with. Okay, I got to ask you this. You were one of the first girls traveling around, running around with all the boys in a, in a totally male-dominated sport. You were, it, I mean, they, they said you were, the, you were the first girl to compete with the guys, right? Absolutely. And I, that was with a lot of encouragement from a handful of guys that I trained with at Russell Gay's house. They egged me on and made me go to that Pro Tour stop and, and be the first girl. Okay, so what was that like experience um, how did how did that experience kind of go for you back in what was it 93 it was 93 and it was at Cypress Gardens um, I had it was very new to wakeboarding and I had immediately landed an invert it was like a back roll I guess on my board and was you know I was learning all the grabs so I was still learning I didn't feel like I had mastered anything and then I was thrown into this big group of guys and it was kind of crazy and a little bit nerve-wracking. I remember being on the end of the starting dock thinking, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into here? All these guys. And, and it was just kind of crazy, but exciting. Um, who, who were you kind of surprised to still see hanging around the scene here today when you were up there on stage with the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? You know, all of those guys, it doesn't surprise me a bit because their heart was into it. They all had a passion for wakeboarding, um, and they were all, you know, super dedicated and hardcore. So none of that surprises me at all. Uh, what about this, the, the wakeboard scene today? Um, you think it's on par with where you thought it would be going back when you first started? It's a little bit different. Um, I guess I didn't expect as much with the cable riding, but it makes perfect sense. Um, the Oh, my gosh, the technology and the boards and the, especially the bindings and the boots, like, that is just incredible. And I know it's, been, it's changed a lot with traveling, too, because it's harder to travel with your board. You know, just talking to some of the younger girls. I do wish that the girls would, you know bump it up a little bit and go charge a little harder. But I know that a lot of them are out there charging it. So I encourage them to keep going for newer and bigger and great tricks. Okay, so where are you at nowadays? And um, also, if you want to give a plug for social media or any of your uh, projects? 
Well, I sure am thanking Ronix right now because they're going to help me get back out on some boards. Uh, Flowhos, my old shoe sponsor, is really being supportive. And Revo Sunglasses. Indo Boards is going to help me with a little cross training, and they also have a yoga board out now. Um, so I, I thank everybody and all my sponsors, but they're really right now jumping in there. Website, social media, anything like that? Um, as of right now, just uh, my Facebook page. I'm starting a new one, Dana Preble Pro Sports. So that's it for now, but I'll be out there on Instagram and Twitter, too. All right, Dana Preble, thanks a ton, girl. Thank you so much. Sean Murray moved in, and then it was uh, Kobe Bish. Charlie Patterson and Weddington. We all lived together and we all just, it was just an explosion because you had so many talented people and so many hard pushing riders and we're all together. So if we weren't riding together, we could see each other and we see what they're doing and you're like, oh man, I got to go ride harder. But I can dare, I can seriously say thank you to those guys because they were all riding the boat and I'm sure my cojones got a lot bigger. And I tried stuff I probably shouldn't have been doing or maybe wasn't quite ready for and made it just because you had so much. Um, good friends and talent in the boat. I'm, I'm sitting here with Dean Lavelle, inducted into the 2016 Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Clean Dean, as many have called you throughout your years. Congratulations. Dude, awesome to hear that story to get this thing rolling. Um, how does it feel to be recognized this year with the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? Yeah, I, I was in the sport, like, at the beginning, I was obviously, you know, right there in the in the limelight and all that. And, and, and it was it's it is my life, and it was my... You know, my job, my life, my, my dream. And then I sort of fell out of the limelight. And um, as in, because I just went and did my thing. I went and did my school and I did freestyle motocross for a minute. And then I, I just got really busy with LTS, my wakeboard school. And now wake surf is a, a huge. And so when I got busy with that, I sort of stepped out of the limelight. So to get this award now after all this time was, it's really cool that people still recognize uh all the hard work and achievements that, and uh, the things that you know all of us did for the sport. It's really awesome. Uh, now, looking through the crowd, I saw a couple of your biggest names uh, as far as students go were sitting out there. Noah Fliegel um, and his brother Keenan Fliegel were out there. Y- your career as a professional rider is kind of you know, been on the shelf for a long time now, but you're still in the mix, man. What's it like for you having these top names both on the wakeboard side and on the wake surf side? Yeah, Noah's actually my longest student, and I've coached uh, Steel Lafferty, Ramey Merritt, and uh, Jimmy LaRich, and they all went pro out of the school. They were actually fairly neighbors to my school, so I got to coach with those guys, and they came and went and moved to Orlando, but Noah, I've been coaching him now for like almost 14 years, him and, and Keenan. Keenan kind of took a break because he was a wakeboard at the beginning, didn't like it as much, and the wake surfing was his, was his true fit, and then... Um, so for me, my life now is really devoted to really wanting to be a really like smart coach, coach people, you know, on the water, off the water, and to do it very correct in form and, and push people safely, move them into uh, the next level, but, you know, injury-free if you can and keep them healthy and just push the sport. So that's really where my love and my, uh, my growth is from here till hopefully forever um do you see yourself getting back out there and competing at all anymore um it's not my main focus at this moment but are you still riding uh actually lately i've had a few injuries that have kept me off the water other than throwing a flip behind a horse i don't know if you saw that (laughs) i don't know if anybody's ever done that before but i was up in maine and i uh rode behind a horse and did a half cab roll in the flats behind a horse i don't know if that was ever done but um 
I don't know. That's not yet to be determined because my main focus right now is um, actually really getting my school to the next level, which it's almost there, and um, and trying to get my body in a really good shape because every time I go ride, I want to ride like I always did, and I tend to, you know, it's probably one in five I get an injury. <laughs> okay, last time I was at your house in Lake Alfred, Florida, you were, this is back in the 90s, uh, you were building a giant ramp to jump over the house. Did that ever happen? Uh, yes, we did. Actually, it's on one of the Krusty Demons of Dirt videos. We did jump over my house. Um, with a couple of the, the pro riders of, the, of that day. That was around 2002. I still ride motocross. It's one of my most favorite things to do on my days off um, because it's not so abusive to my, uh, my knees and my back. So the wakeboarding, like I said, I always want to ride so hard. I still go out and barefoot and uh, shoe ski a lot, actually. Um, I still love skiing because it's just a little less impact on my body. But uh, my goal is to get back into shape and continue riding because I love it. Cool. Hey, so if anybody wants to come ride with you uh, down at the LTS, Lavelle Training Station? Lavelle Training School. It was originally Lavelle Training Station because I live next to the train, sta- uh, the train tracks. But uh, Lavelle Training School, and uh, we teach wakeboarding, wake serving, and water skiing and everything. So we're super busy, and uh, we, have, we have four boats, one for each task, and uh, we're ready to take care of it. How do they find out information? Website, Instagram, social media, anything like that? Yeah, a little bit of all that, but ltswake.com and... Uh, yeah, you'll find us. You start looking around because it's one of the number one wake, wake surf schools that come up. So you'll find us quite easy for wake surf and wakeboarding at ltswake.com. All right, Dean Lavelle, thanks a ton, man. All right, thank you, buddy. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break right there. Man, it's always good to see clean Dean Lavelle and great to hear about all the positive stuff going on in his life. I did want to take a moment to let my listeners know about a few really awesome holiday deals I have set up for you with a few of our sponsors. So C4Belts.com and GoPuck.com, which of course is where I get all my belts and portable power devices from, as well as Woodrose.com, my favorite eyewear, are offering some pretty sweet deals this December. Use promo code GMPDEC all December long for 20% off at C4Belts and GoPuck.com. Go to Woodrose.com, use that same promo code G-M-P-D-E-C, and get 30% off your entire order. Hey, if it's not for yourself, then do it for a loved one. Go to C4Belts.com, GoPuck.com, Woodrose.com, or better yet, go to all three and use promo code G-M-P-D-E-C. Get totally swagged out, awesome deals, awesome products, great support, G-M-P-D-E-C, that's the promo code, c4belts.com, gopuck.com, woodrose.com. That's the place to go. Now let's get back to the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame and my next guest, the scud, Darren Shapiro. No surprise that this guy was going to be one of the next inductees to the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, Darren Shapiro. What's up, man? Hey, Dano. Yeah, everything's going great. Dude, good to see you up there on stage, man. How does it feel to be uh, inducted into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? You had to know it was coming. Well, it's always really nice to be recognized, you know, for uh, things that you've accomplished. So uh, I just think it's amazing that finally somebody decided to bring the whole community together with a wakeboarding hall of fame. So I did have you on the podcast. You were one of my first podcast episodes and you had a lot of things going on then and you have a lot of stuff going on now, but once again, things have kind of transitioned for you. Uh, You came back when I first talked to you, you were kind of making a comeback into wakeboarding competitive wise. You you had a few goals, you went out there. How did all that work out for you and uh, and what's kind of um, going on with you right now? 
Well, it was really interesting coming back into the sport to see how the riding had progressed, how the big wakes have affected everything, and uh, just, you know, all the new fresh faces in the sport. It, it was really exciting just to be a part of everything new that was going on. And in the last couple years, my son, he's just a hardcore cable rider. So all of a sudden now I'm, you know, riding the cable a bunch with him, and I competed in the Nationals last month, and that went really well. And took a win. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. One for the old guys. So, yeah, it's just been exciting. I, I, I can't get over the fact that I'm still, you know, in my early 40s with my son uh, and just enjoying the sport and still participating and just part of everything that's going on. It's, it's been something just it's been fantastic. Can you can you talk about maybe some of the memories that came back to you while you were up there on stage? Some some of the early memories? Well, when I think back uh, to that same group of guys and what we were doing in the early days uh, from uh, sandal straps on our boards and directional boards and uh, low pole riding, no weight in the boat and a little Mastercraft 19 foot boat uh, and what we were doing then uh, and then to see how the sport has progressed and blossomed to what it is now it's uh, I am just really so proud to be a, a part of that whole, you know, that, that whole growth and being part of um, basically what was nothing, you know, uh, to, to having all these people who have had actual careers and, you know, had their lives built around the sport of wakeboarding. It's pretty, pretty fantastic. Was there anybody that you were really excited to catch up with, maybe somebody you hadn't seen in a long time at this year's Hall of Fame? Just, just bringing everybody together, I think really ultimately that's what this is all about. And uh, Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, I mean, just the fact that we have that now, uh, it's, it really does something for the sport. How do you feel about um, competitive wakeboarding today and where it's at? I think there's a handful of riders out there who are trying to make it their own thing uh, and really pushing the limits. Uh, I got mixed emotions because I think there's, a, there's so many great athletes out there and the sport is being pushed as far as boat riding goes. I also feel like, um, you know, it, it's so technical right now. And the tricks, to me, some of them are very similar to other tricks being done. And it's lacked a little bit of versatility with a good handful of the riders. But, uh, you know, you still got your, you know, your dowdies out there who just are blowing minds we need more riders just pushing those doubles and pushing bigger is better you know that, that that's that's how i have always viewed wakeboarding let me ask you darren do you ever plan to get involved a little bit more behind the scenes with the competition stuff i mean you had such a long tenure in competitive wakeboarding and you have so much insight to bring to the sport could you see yourself uh ever being a part of the organizing side of things i love being part of the events i really do um, sometimes I feel like my my vision for wakeboarding, um, you know, is is very specific. And if it was up to me, ninety nine percent of your score would go to how big the rider went. And you know that's not the same opinion as a lot of other other people who are looking for different things. So I don't I don't know if it's a good would be a good fit for me. I would love to try it out. But, I mean, I just, I would have an event full of triple-ups and giant kickers. I mean, I want, I like, you know, I like the guts and glory side of ex the excitement in wakeboarding. 
and you know, I don't know if that's the same same idea as a lot of other people might have. Hey, with that being said, are you still going big? Yeah, occasionally, man. Occasionally, I take some big, huge swings at it, and uh, I'm really, really glad when up in, I'm up in the air, and then I'm not so glad when I wake up the next morning. I hear that. I think we're all in that kind of same boat. Darren, where can people find you online or if they want to connect with you or anything? We have a small cable park uh, out in East Orlando called Lake Rise. And I still do quite a bit of coaching uh, in Orlando uh, at Ride the Spot. And, uh, you know, spending a lot of time in the boat with with some really great athletes and, and still pushing the boat riding side of things. Um, so they could find me on they could find me on Facebook. Very cool. Darren Shapiro, congratulations on Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, and thanks a ton, man. Thanks a bunch, Dana. One of the legends, probably uh, one of my first favorite wakeboarders of all time, Gator. Eric Luker, what's up, man? How's it going, man? Just uh, having a good day here. Uh, glad to... It's cool to come out here and reconnect with everybody. You know, a lot of industry people you grew up with. I mean, a lot of great memories, good times, and a lot of, a lot of friendly faces. So this is a, you know great great thing you guys got going here dude how does it feel to be recognized and honored by the wakeboarding hall of fame uh, it's it's pretty cool man it's pretty cool i mean uh it's just such a great industry such a great sport um great people and you know for for me it's uh you know very timely uh for me and it just kind of uh brings everything full circle you know so i mean you know i i remember watching you as early as you know 95 or so and i mean was this ever did you ever expect to be put in the hall of fame of wakeboarding or anything in general you know i never really never really thought about it you know it wasn't i was just doing what i loved and following uh, my passion and uh you know just having a good time so it just kind of uh it's good to be here and it's it's good to be you know, honored and, and recognized, but, you know, it's a lot of people that make up the sport of wakeboarding, and, uh, you know, I'm just glad to play a part in it, and, uh, you know, good to be here. Dude, it's so awesome to see you, as always, man. I don't think I've seen you since probably around 2010 or 11 or so. Um, are you following wakeboarding or getting out on the wakeboard at all these days? Yeah, still been wakeboarding. Actually traveled up here with a group of guys. We're hitting McCormick's on the way back to Naples. So uh, later this afternoon, do a little sunset sesh air, and uh, been riding a little bit down to Naples. So uh, here and there, obviously not, you know, the level I was before, but I just enjoy being out there and, and having a good time. So, so wakeboarding has changed so much. Um, in your eyes, is, are there any riders that you're watching these days, or any tricks that go down that are that you look at and you're like, man, that's kind of just like a progression of what I started. You know, uh, I can't say that I've been completely plugged in, but the, every time I do check in, I'm just completely blown away by the level of riding and the skill. Like, I mean, they're doing things that I wouldn't even imagine we're possible on a wakeboard or wake skate i mean the the sports progress so much and continues to progress a lot of up-and-coming athletes out there so i mean i think it's just going to continue on that trend what was it like um competing and and being a part of that whole crew being so young back in the mid 90s um you know it was crazy i was god i was just a pup man i was you know 15 16 years old when i when i got into wakeboarding and uh excelled really quickly you know and um you know it was fun i just was doing what i loved and, and having a good time doing it um a lot of great people a lot of great mentors and i mean i remember watching hot summer nights on, on tuesdays during during the week and seeing you know 
Eric Perez and, and Darren Shapiro and all these guys riding, and I, I would watch them, and I would just get into wakeboarding. I mean, I could, you know, just wasn't even doing tricks really yet. I just started doing it, but the, and then watching those guys was like, wow, I want to do that. You know what I mean? They were my inspiration, so. And then, um, you know, just w- went out and put my heart and soul towards it, and one thing led to another, and, you know, next thing I knew, I was one of those guys on you know, competing at the same level that they were. So it was, it was fun to watch it all progress, and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a great run. All right, Gator, um, as far as the sport's gone, uh, where we're at today, um, your thoughts, I mean, are, do you think it's, it's moved into a positive place? Like, did you expect it to be where it is today, or, or where did you think wakeboarding would go back uh, when you started to, to where we're at right now? You know what, the, the thing about wakeboarding is it's, uh, in water sports in general, the, the sport of wakeboarding is so dynamic. I mean, there's just so many different facets to it with wake skating, wake surfing, you know, cable riding, wind riding. You know what I mean? It just, it's just endless. So it just keeps going on and on, keeps progressing, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. Sounds good, Eric Gator. Man, you look good. You sound good, brother. And what an honor it is to have you here chat with me a little bit. Thanks a ton, man. Definitely. I appreciate it. Man must be talking a while. He uh, inducted this year into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. Mike Ferraro, what's up, man? Thank you, Nano. It's, it's an absolute honor to be around these guys on the stage, and it's really fun to see what the Hall of Fame is doing for the world of wakeboarding. What's going on with your voice this weekend, man? When you're the hardest working man in the industry, you, sometimes uh, it takes a toll on you. I lost my voice last week at World, Wakeboard Worlds. It was my first time ever. 12 years announcing, never lost my voice. So you've coached so many of the top riders uh, uh, to the world championships. What kind of advice would you have given me to keep my voice? Just got to dig deep, dig deep. You'll find a way to get the job done. Mike, how does it feel to be a part of the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? Amazing, amazing. You know, um, while you're going over the years and years of doing stuff, it's not really a thought. But then once you get asked, then you get inducted into it, you start re- re- reflecting back on a lot of the things. And it's, it's just an unbelievable sport to be in with so many unbelievable people. So um, let's let's go back to the early days, man. What's like, you know, um, one of your students was also inducted in the Hall of Fame, well-deserved, Darren Shapiro here. Um, can you, like, talk about one of your, like, good memories from back in the early days with Darren? Well, I mean, one of the earliest memories is his mom came out to the lake after I watched him riding for a day or two, and she goes, can this kid be any good? I go, uh, yeah, he could be real good. Um, how about another story? You know, in your induction speech, we were talking about how you kind of helped uh, invent the air Rayleigh. How did all that come about? Well, um, my boat driver at my school down there was a guy named Chet Rayleigh. And it was one evening, and Darren used to do this monster back roll on a trick ski. And um, we were doing a thing called a Flying Indian on the cable. And we, Chet and I were talking in a boat. We're going like... You know, this anything you tell Darren to do, you would try. We go, I'll bet you he could do this if he tries it. So we would just talk him into doing stuff. A lot of times he knocked the crap out of himself. But this time it came out pretty good. We we all looked at each other and we go, well, what are we going to call this thing? Really, Chet Really. That's awesome. Hey, man, I know you're still uh, helping develop uh, the, the future of the sport and champions. Who have you been working with as of late? Um, I've been spending a lot of time with Mike Dowdy, with Megan Ethel. Um, I've been uh, watching Shoulder some. So, you know, a lot of the guys that are really trying to push the game. 
Okay, so why as a rider do these guys, I mean, they're at the top of the sport right now. Why do they still get coached uh, from you? I think it's a couple of things. One is they don't want to get hurt. And so they really like to know, so they have the confidence going into the trick that I understand it. I know what I need to do. Now I just got to go out and execute. Before I let you go, any social media or anything, anybody you want to check out your stuff online or anything like that? Come to come to Lake Ronix and check out our stuff. So you're saying they're invited to Lake Ronix? Sure. Uh, yeah, so what do they have to do? Just hit you up on Facebook? Um, Chad Sharp. Yeah, hit up Chad Sharp. Hey, Ferraro, thanks a ton, man. Thank you very much, Dana. Wakeboarding Hall of Fame in Duck D. It was just a matter of time at this point. Sean Murray, what's up? Hey, Dano. Always good to chat, buddy. We're just kind of walking around the Surf Expo right now. This is pretty cool. You're a busy man. What, what, uh, what's, what's going on with you here at Surf Expo this weekend? It's a, it's a fun spot because I get to connect with, you know, the, our wake family, the water sports industry family. And so I just sat down at Jet Pilot talking about things over there, you know, what's to come, new ideas, got some cool stuff in the works. We are here to celebrate Wakeboarding Hall of Fame and uh, you, my friend, we're inducted this weekend. How does it feel? It's kind of surreal is how it feels. Real deal. Holyfield. You've been doing it for so long. You're basically still the face of wakeboarding. You've won every contest there is. You know, a legend award from Wakeboarding Magazine in the past. And now this, Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. I mean, how much does this really mean to you? It's, it's kind of hard to grasp the the idea that I've been doing it this long because it's it's been a fun ride the whole way. I never saw it coming. I was in college as a marketing major and to think that 20 years later I'm still riding professionally and getting to do it with a great bunch of people. I'm super thankful for it and and uh, gosh, all the people that have contributed to to helping me have a good time on the water, I, I thank them all. The list can't even begin. Murray, you like you you go back through the the years, and so many riders have come and gone, and contributions they've made or whatever. But you have stood the test of time. How have you been able to keep your longevity in the sport? Fun. You got to keep it fun. Like I said, you know, whether it's on a rad disc or a wakeboard or a surfer or skis or a cooler. The reason that we get out on the water is to have a good time. But you know what? I'm also not only riding have to remind myself to have fun but I also have to remind myself to go and take my turn because when you're in the industry like this or as you're getting older it's easy to think uh yeah you know the other guy's gonna go but I was reminding people today and I'm reminding myself we got to take our turn and it just takes that one time to get out there and you go oh yeah this is pretty fun I need to do more of this how important is wakeboarding hall of fame to the sport right now I think it's really important because it, it shows where our roots have come from, who, who has kind of gotten us to where we are, and uh, helps us continue to move forward. Um, it's, it's being okay with coming up with some goofy ideas that may not work because that's where this all came from is some guys going, you know what, I'm going to try this. This might be goofy. And we've seen a lot of things in the industry that are goofy, but they end up being cool or goofy and stay goofy. But... I think the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame does so many different things. It, it gives credit to the guys that have, that have worked hard to, uh, to keep us behind the boat um, with different technologies, different tricks. Um, but, but it's also good to, uh, to give us perspective of how to keep moving forward. 
All right, so um, Marie, like moving forward, what's what's going on with you? Are, are you competing anymore? I know we, we've done a lot of events and you've been doing more demos, but is there a chance we're ever going to see you compete again? And uh, just just what is on the horizon for Sean Murray? Regarding competition, this was the first year that that uh, I have stepped out, feeling like I've somewhat retired from competition. That's not to say that maybe I will compete again. Um, I can tell you, though, not competing this year was actually pretty enjoyable because I still got to go to the events, host the TV shows, do demos, ride for fun, and uh, honestly just, just hang out with people and not have to worry about my contest run. It's, it's been a great perspective change. Um, as far as what else, you know, I've got three kids that I like, love hanging out with. I got three girls that are eight, six, and two years old, um, and uh, so being a dad is best thing in the world um and then also getting to swing around in my backyard uh it, where i have a lot of friends come over and work out you know people have seen that i've done the ninja warrior and that's really fun and i and i hope to continue to do that but the reason i started my gym in the backyard is just to feel light on my feet and i, and I want to continue to do that it's not just to get to that ninja warrior stuff but it's to uh, keep me feeling young dano i think the most important thing that that you know to keep perspective and to stay healthy is we don't stop playing because we grow old we grow old because we stop playing absolutely dude Murr so good to talk with you I want to I want to touch real quickly on your first contest memory ever one of the best contest memories um, that I have and th this is to say like your words can really have an impact on somebody as in my words yes um, Kobe Mikasich happened to be in the boat when I rode at the St. Louis Pro-Am Challenge and I just did like a big grab shifty thing. And Kobe, after I got out of the boat, he said, hey, man, I really like that. That was well over 20-something years ago. I still remember that. So when you go and just take the moment just to give somebody a little bit of a, a buildup, it can go a long way. Kobe, thank you. Mur, who are you most excited to uh, share the stage with uh, this morning at Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? That's a that's honestly a pretty tough one. It it meant uh, it meant a lot to be up there with Dean Lavelle because he he definitely gave me a big leg up, um, you know, let me live uh, on his back porch at first, and then I got eventually a, a real bedroom when I graduated uh, into the next level. Um, but yeah, being up there with Dean was was pretty cool, um, and and everybody has so much history being up there. So gosh, all of them. Murder, this could go on forever, my friend, and you know it. So before I let you go, where can the people out there find you in Webland or anywhere? Uh, you can go and check me out at seanmurray.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-M-U-R-R-A-Y.com. Uh, you can send me an email, find out how to get out on the water with me there, check out some family photos, some workout photos, whatever. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Sean Murray, or Facebook, Sean Murray Wake. Patano. Thank you for doing what you do. Like, you, you really spend time trying to, to uh, give back and do it. You do well, so thank you. Mur, thank you. All right. Yeah. El Presidente of the WWA. Congratulations. Shannon Starling, you were the, uh, the last person this year inducted into the Hall of Fame. How does that feel? I think it feels pretty good. You know, um, 
I'm last in line to a lot of things. So you've you've come a long, long way though since your days as a competitor. Uh, your role has certainly changed. But I want to rewind the clock. It was 27 years ago um, that the WWA put on its first event. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that contest? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, back in the day, I was a, a kneeboarder. I think a lot of the world knows that. And uh, Jimmy Redman got together with a couple of guys out in Austin, Texas, and at the Kneeboard Nationals, where I set a world record in kneeboard slalom, by the way, uh, one and a half at 39 and a half. That held for? Uh, 13 years. So a uh, pretty impressive stat for the kneeboard community. Uh, but at that event, we had three people show up. Uh, myself, Chris Powell. A lot of people know Chandler Powell today. His dad, Chris Powell. Um, Greg Lawrence. And uh, uh, Jimmy's brother, John. And Jimmy was the only judge. It was super cool. We were behind a Pro Star 190. There were no towers. There was nothing like that. And I, I won with a big old fin release and a back scratcher. At, at this point of your career, you were both kneeboarding and wakeboarding? Uh, you know, wakeboarding was just coming out. Scurfer had been out a few years, but uh, and we were actually ski boarders at the time. Uh, the name was the World Ski Board Association. But at, in the very beginning, like I said, Scurfer was really the only brand out there. Jimmy came out with a fiberglass board that he was having made in Japan. They were unreal. They were a lot of fun to ride, but very surf style, big surf style. Uh, you know, three fins, five and a half inches long. So when you're trying to do tricks on that, it was fun. Um, and it kind of took off from there. You know, from that day forward, man, things just started banging out for, for the wakeboard community. How long did you compete, and then when did you kind of step into a new role with the WWA? 1995 is when I quit riding. I, I had a lot of back problems, uh, you know, dislocated my neck, uh, broke, chip, or cracked 11 vertebrae in my career. So uh, it ended pretty quick in 1995. And uh, But I was still part of the board of directors. I never left the WWA at that point. And then in 1997, I took it over. Uh, I, I said I took it over. I started as a job then, not as a volunteer. And I think we were, you know, making a whopping $14,000 a year. And, and it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Recently, you guys made another huge announcement uh, concerning, like, the name of the, of the WWA. So, like you mentioned before, it started off as the World Ski Board Association, then World Wakeboard Association, and now it, is, uh, it was just announced as the World Wake Association. Uh, can you kind of talk about how everything has transitioned over the years? Well, uh, Dan, I don't know how many hours you have. Look, the bottom line, when we started, uh, and I say when we, when Jimmy Redmond started the organization back in the day, um, everything was based on freedom. We wanted to, we, uh, one of our slogans at that time, Jimmy came up with it, was choose freedom. Jimmy had a vision of a sport um, that grew itself, that grew internally, that there wasn't a group out there that wanted to govern it or control it. It was the ability to let it grow organically and spread um, as a lifestyle. And that's, that's where things really, I think, are different from us from other organizations um, as you move forward to today and we, when we look at the, the WWA as the World Wake Association uh, the name change is, is really exciting to me because there's so many people standing sideways on something and that's what we want to embrace we want to make sure that that we can embrace all stand sideways sports whether it's wake park whether it's wake surf whether it's wake skate whether it's wakeboard whatever the next thing is but we're not here again to govern we want to empower these sports. So we want people to know that there's a place that they can look to if they want to put on an event, if they want to ride a contest, if they want to become a professional. We're the source for that. And that's what the WWA's continued vision is, is giving people the ability and empowering them to grow the sport themselves. Let me ask you, as a guy who's been around and a part of this for so long, what are some of the things that you miss from the old days and some of the things that kind of excite you that are going on right now? 
when the organization started, we were a group of friends, and it was friends that wanted to hang out, and we wanted to hang out at night. We wanted to party. We wanted to have this this lifestyle of a rock star, if you will, um, and and. It's grown out of that, obviously, because we've all gotten older. And I think what I love to see is the competitiveness, the competitiveness of our sport. I'm a born competitor. I have been my whole life. I want to win, you know, whatever that is. Not necessarily at any cost, but now what I see in the youth of today in our sport is we're, we are a legitimate sport. We are a, a sport that has people that they train every day. They go to the gym. They take care of themselves. I'm pretty sure we did none of that. You know, there was if, if it was really about a time that well, if the bar is going to close, we might as well go to the event. You know, uh, and that was great. That's where the stories come from. That's some of the history. Uh, but today, the future of the sport are these kids that are coming up that are doing amazing things, and we've seen that transition. So I think what I'm most excited about is to watch the competitiveness of the sport. And then also to watch how big it's gotten around the world. You've been with me all over this world now in the last few years, and it's pretty exciting. Okay, so an exciting name change with the World Wake Association. What else can we expect moving into 2017? Oh, my goodness. That's a, that's a lot. Uh, you know, 2017, we're going to continue to move forward on the global scale. Um, you'll be at all of these, I'm sure. You know, we love traveling with you. It's going to be more about... I'm going to continue to word, use the word empower. We're, we are the WWA is now empowering people all over the world to grow the sport locally, to grow it domestically in their market. And it's not so much about growing. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you want to grow the wakeboard market? No, I want to grow competitive wake worldwide, and I want it to happen. Uh, with people of like-minded like us that wants it to grow organically, that want to be a part of something bigger and not be a part of something that's governing. So, you know, I mean, none of us are really for government at this point. So what we want to do is let it grow organically and be an exciting thing for people to become a part of in their community. Cool. All right, Shannon, uh, anywhere people can find out more about you or the WWA, any uh, websites or uh, or social media outlets? Uh, they can just go to thewwa.com and, uh, you know, just follow us. You're going to see a lot of changes. All right, the president of the World Wake Association, Shannon Starling. Thanks a ton. Thank you, Dano. All right, I am standing here with one of the men behind Wakeboarding Hall of Fame and a legend in his own right, the one and only Mr. Tommy Phillips. Tommy, what's happening? Hey, Dano, I'm just real excited to be here with all these people, all this extended family, and especially you. You know, it's what what a great thing, and we're just so proud that we can finally capture some of this ancient history that was going to be lost. And I think that was one of our big motivations. I mean, Lance Brug, that's the first guy to, to work with hand-shaped boards, the first guy to do bindings, binding straps, first guy to do clinics, first guy in a film. He would have been completely forgotten if we hadn't formed this organization. So now we've got the Eric Perez's and all these wonderful people. We're helping preserve their legacies. Can't thank you enough, buddy. Can you talk a little bit about about kind of how you got started in the industry and when you got started? Well, Herb O'Brien was my brother-in-law. So back in, you know, as a kid, he used to send me skis and, and did that. Well, in 1981, he started HO. He sent me a ski. And I made 50 bucks on it. Well, that was the same money I made playing guitar at night, so I doubled my income. I got fed two hamburgers and some potato salad, and I got to ski. I said, man, this is a pretty good deal. I was at the lake an hour and a half. I made another 50 bucks. So I just kept ordering skis, and, you know, I'm a 
very hyperactive, so I managed to sell a whole bunch of skis, and and with great grace and blessings from the Lord above, man, got to put this thing together, and it just kept growing. And then, you know, I met Tony Finn in '84 in Chicago at a trade show, and you know, just before that, the year before, I met the guys from Australia that were doing the McSki board. Well, Tony came in with a much better product, with much more marketing skill and enthusiasm. We became buddies. He came to Colorado in 86. We did the first Scurfer tournament in 1986. We had nine guys that entered it. There was a guy, skateboarder named Ed Arenas that won first place with a back scratcher and hanging five or something. So it was really cool, Dano, to see all this stuff go. So guys like Tony and Herb O'Brien, you know, I owe them my whole life, buddy. And, and it's just continuing to progress, you know. 32 years was enough. I've handed the torch to Matt and his team, but they still keep me on. I'm still part of the family, and it's just amazing, brother. Okay, you were also a part of some of the earliest wakeboard contests. What was the earliest wakeboard contest that you had your fingers in? Well, the 86 Scurfer Tournament, but I was also the head judge of the first Scurfer World Championships. That's where I met Lance. That's where I met Craig Llewellyn. That's where I met Troy Navarro. I met all those original guys from that. And then in 91, I did the first Nationals in Colorado and Brighton. 92, I did the first uh, World in uh, Colorado Springs. That's where the Dirty Dozen came from. It's actually 13 guys, but we called it the Dirty Dozen. And, you know, and and I knew at that time, you know, I got a store to run. I'm going to hand this over to World Pubs. I kind of regret that. I'd kind of like to have kept that pie. But, man, that springboarded it. The 93 Worlds were great. And then Isla Mirada changed the world with Gator, Scott, Rich, Andrea. Holy smokes. It's been a wonderful ride, brother. Tommy, what's your role at Wakeboarding Hall of Fame? Well, I am the founder and I am the president, and I kind of steer everything, but my real job, Dano, is to listen. Because believe me, I don't know nearly as much as these guys. So we're getting the second wave of guys to come in now. We wanted to get the ancient history taken care of with us dinosaurs. Now we're bringing the next wave in. So I'm going to facilitate that. I'm going to help with fundraising. And then I'm going to pass the baton to these much more talented younger guys than myself. All right. So our second year in, I was a part of the 2015. I was honored to host that and back for 2016. I want to hear your thoughts on this year's uh, inductees. Man, their qualifications were so deep. You know, we had some other nominees, but, you know, they didn't make it past the first round of vetting. These guys were voted on by over 50 world-class people in our industry, writers, industry legends, every single one of them. Lance Brug was basically the beginning of wakeboarding. I mean, Darren Shapiro... Enough said about him. Dana Preble, first lady ever to do a rally. Uh, Eric Lutger, Gator, you know, Dean, Mike Ferraro, uh, Sean Murray. How can you leave out Sean Murray, the face of wakeboarding? Shannon Starling, the you know, basically one of the founders of the WWA, and he's still going 900 miles an hour. Man, it's, it's just amazing. So I feel like our quality is continuing to improve and we're learning and facilitating a better program hey so what's next for wakeboarding hall of fame and also how can people find out more information you know dano they can find us on facebook and they can find us on wakeboardinghalloffame.com 
Our next thing is we need a building. We need somebody that shares the vision, somebody that can build us a building and make the marketing work so they can get a fair exchange for their contribution because we have boards stockpiled now. We have prototypes. We've got all this stuff. We need a place where people can go and see it in brick and mortar, and it's got to be in Orlando. It's the only place it can be. We've had an opportunity to move in with the other Hall of Fame, but it's way out in the middle of Egypt, and we really feel like the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame should stand on its own. Well, dude, I agree. Tommy, thanks a ton for your time, man, and congratulations on another successful induction ceremony, another great year of wakeboarding. Dano, it's an honor to be here. You're the best we've ever had, man, and I'm proud to call you friend, brother. Thanks a ton, sir. God bless. Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida is your one-stop shop for all towed water sports needs. As an industry leader for more than two decades, Performance Ski and Surf's pro staff will sweep you off your feet with loads of industry knowledge and the best customer service in the biz. Right now, you can order online from perfski.com and receive 10% off your entire purchase by using my promo code GOLDENMIKE, all capital letters. Whether you're looking for current or closeout gear, Performance Ski and Surf has it all. And right now with my promo code, Golden Mike, you just can't beat the deals. Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes from the Orlando International Airport or online at perfski.com. That's P-E-R-F-S-K-I.com. Rockstar Energy. From athletes to rock stars, Rockstar Energy Drink is designed for those who lead active lifestyles. Available in over 20 amazing flavors at convenience and grocery outlets in over 30 countries, Rockstar supports the Rockstar lifestyle across the globe through action sports, motorsports, and live music. Rockstar is the official energy drink for the entire WWA Wakeboard World Series. Find out more info on upcoming Rockstar Energy events at www.rockstarenergy.com. Rockstar Energy. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. Well, I know it wasn't the shortest episode, but it was really neat talking with all the Hall of Famers, and I hope you guys all enjoyed it. I was stoked to reunite with people I hadn't seen in ages, and to have been a part of such a great thing for our sport. The Wakeboarding Hall of Fame is here to preserve and honor the history. Without them, unfortunately, the pioneers and their stories may have been lost. So two thumbs up to everyone involved at Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, and be sure to follow all of their media outlets, like their website and their Facebook page, because they're always posting some really good classic content. Upcoming events. Well, not many, guys. But this Thursday night, I will be at Lazy Moon Pizza on East Colonial in Orlando, Florida, for the Ben LeClaire fundraiser, and hope to see any of you that can attend there. Then Friday, I'm hosting the Nautique Dealer Awards at the Nautique Dealer Days. And Saturday, December 10th, the Florida State Yo-Yo Contest, which is happening at the Orlando Water Sports Complex, so don't miss out. If any of you listeners are interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, or appear at your next event, or just any question in general, please email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com, 
or message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. I am back on iTunes, so make sure that you guys all find me and subscribe, rate and review the show, and tell a friend about the podcast. That's all I want for Christmas. Follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Instagram at Dano T Mano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. One more thank you to the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame and the legends who joined me on today's show. And now a few shout-outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, Jenna Hamill on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show. We appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Daniel the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.